This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 128. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, where I deliver bite-sized, I guess, if you call 15 minutes bite-sized, <laughs> two episodes a week of tips and tricks for learning foreign languages and a bit of motivation along the way as well, because it's the obviously the most important thing of all motivation. Today, we've got a fascinating episode with Benny Lewis, where we're going to be diving into the anatomy of building a language course. Very, very interesting, um, all about the process behind the scenes of what he's been going through for the last year. So super excited to get into that. If you're new here, then please take a second to subscribe to the podcast so that you get all future episodes without having to worry about it. You can open up iTunes or your favorite podcast player and simply search for I Will Teach You a Language and the show should pop right up and you can hit the subscribe button there. Now, before we get into the interview for today, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show who are italki. And if you are learning a language and you want speaking practice, there is no better place than italki. You've got native speaker tutors, professional teachers, all different kinds from all over the world in tons and tons of different languages. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, then you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right. Now, if you have uh, learned a language before, maybe maybe a couple of languages and you've looked for books to learn the language with, the chances are there's probably only a few titles or a few series that come to mind of the, you know books that you would trust, uh, some a place that you would like to go to learn a language. And chances are that one of those books that come to mind will be the Teach Yourself series. I've used them tons uh, with different languages. And one of the really... One of the things, I guess, working as a language blogger and doing this kind of thing is that, you know, we are kind of here doing our thing, but we can never really compete with this, the kind of traditional language publishers. You know, you walk into a bookshop, you see the, the Teach Yourself, you see the the, the Asimil, you see the um, Colloquial, you see all these different things. You know, we always kind of feel like we are not necessarily able to do what they're doing. And so that's why it is so exciting to see what's going on here, because in case you haven't heard, Benny Lewis, who's joining me here now from Fluent in Three Months, has actually started to partner with Teach Yourself, who I just mentioned, to create a new series of courses. It's super exciting. It's been really interesting for me to follow along and to watch what's happening. And so I've invited Benny here to give us a bit of insight behind the scenes and tell us what it's really like to work on a project as cool as this. So, Benny, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be on the show finally. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, it's been, uh, been a long time coming, but glad to, glad to have you here. So for those people who don't know you, if there is anyone, which I think is unlikely, what's the, uh, what are the cliff notes of, uh, of Benny Lewis? Uh, cliff notes would be that I have a background in engineering, never did well in languages in school, even tried to live in the country, spent six months in Spain and did not learn Spanish. And then I changed my approach to be much more communicative based and speaking all the time. And it was not a very smooth journey, but I figured out other techniques that helped me to learn a language a lot quicker than I had done before. And I tried to encourage other people by blogging and making YouTube videos to get them to speak their language as well. Yeah, of course. And your your website is fluent in three months. But today we're not talking about that. We're talking about something mm -hmm. a, bit, a little bit different. And yeah. so I mentioned Teach Yourself at the top of the of the interview. So could you take a second and tell us, like, 
briefly, what what's going on here? What are we talking about? Yes. So, um, like you said, they're, they're, we got these big names in language learning. And Teach Yourself especially is one that I had used a lot. And in fact, a few years ago, I ran a survey on my blog where I tried to see what kind of people gravitate towards being uh, saying what the best courses are. And what I did is I split them up into people who have successfully learned the language and people who haven't. And I found that a lot of people were using Rosetta Stone and those kind of uh, not so useful courses when they had not successfully learned a language. But then consistently, people who had successfully learned a language were gravitating towards teach yourself. And anytime I had tried it, I confirmed that their teaching style was not too jargon filled. It was uh, more straightforward. So I really liked them as a course. And that meant that when they got in touch with me for the idea of making a collaborative a collaborative course together for their next generation of courses, it was it was actually quite an honor. And on top of that, Teach Yourself are owned by John Murray Learning, and John Murray is the publisher that created the the work to Charles Darwin for the theory of evolution. So this is like a publisher with a very long history of high quality education material. So um, the chance to work with them was something I could not say no to. And from there, we had lots of discussions about how we were going to work this course to try to make it like we really wanted it to be different, you know, and it's very easy to say that. And I think kind of any course you might pick up will say that it's different. But I do think we've actually figured out how to make this course truly unique in several ways. And I have been working insanely hard um, with my partner, Lauren, and with the team behind the publisher. Um, it's been a big collaborative effort, yeah. which, which puts it completely aside from anything else I've ever done, like my first book or a lot of my blog posts, where it's just me writing what I think. This has been like a really structured process to get these courses done yeah and i'm actually i'm genuinely really proud of them i can't wait for people to to get their hands on them yeah no, so you should be I've, I've got a few copies here I've, anyone watching on youtube is going to be able to see i mean they're, they're beautiful books um really nice like one of my criteria for using choosing a textbook is always that i like the look and feel of it you know that i want to sit down and use it yeah and this and it's funny because that part of it if if this were just me if i just said okay i'm going to sit down with my laptop and I'm going to make a language course. And let's say I wanted to like sell an ebook of a language course, then it would not have what you just said, that kind of beautiful aesthetics to it. Because firstly, I'm uh, like, I, I blog about this all the time. I'm all about imperfection, make mistakes, um, you know, do something that's good enough and get it out there and then improve uh, it with time. And I think if I completely alone created a language course, it would kind of have that sloppiness to it, you know? Yeah. Whereas um, a lot of the aesthetics that you're seeing, that's actually my partner, Lauren. She had a very big hand in that, um, in driving it in that direction. So doing this as a collaboration with the two of us and then with the publisher, the publisher got us in touch with people who create like markup, uh, like the, all of the stuff we were working on was kind of like a version of HTML in a way. that was very interesting, you know, I... I would have thought it would just be like a word doc and I would like throw in some stuff. But it turned out to be, like you said, a really beautiful course. You'll pick it yeah. up and you will feel like this is professionally made. And it's um, it, it's like showing me the power of what 
we can do together, um, like me and our team and the publisher, compared to what I could do by myself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I've got tons of questions, Benny. Um, but I think what we're going to do is we're going to focus a little bit more on not so much like what are the books and who are they for, but actually behind the scenes. Because my like my mm-hmm. my real interest in this is like what you know how it started and the the process and what you must have gone through. Because I know I, mean, I know you're a hard worker anyway, so I can only imagine how hard you've been working on all of this stuff. So let me ask a couple of quick fire questions then, just to, sure. to to satisfy my curiosity. So, what, what how did it start? Who approached who? What what happened? Okay, so essentially, like two or three years ago, um, the lady who runs the Coursera course, um, um, learning how to learn, she got in touch with me, and she interviewed me. And at the time, I I just thought, okay, yeah, uh, learning how to learn course, whatever. It sounds like a fun interview. Let's do that. But what happened was um, when she put that course up, it was extremely popular. It was like the most popular online uh, mega course on Coursera. And a lot of people ended up seeing that. One of those people was one of the heads of the publisher. She saw the video that I did about um, learning how to learn. And she had already heard of me, but she saw that I was expressing myself a particular way she likes. She got in touch and she said, you know, I'm from Teach Yourself and I'd really love to work with you on something. So we uh, chatted for a long time, uh, like several months to figure out how that would uh, go forward. And eventually we figured out the process we would have in place. I signed the the contract and we started working on it uh, just over a year ago. So that's kind of how the whole thing began. And then the process of writing it was a whole different bag. But, yeah. um, it's kind of just a case of like, I got my message out there and then one, that video interview just happened to kind of push the publisher over the edge to, to get in touch with me. So you talked about a process, I think you said a few months of talk. So I'm interested in, in, in that because I guess like you, I mean, teach yourself already have a huge library of, of books and courses. So when you when you first had those discussions with them, what did those discussions look like? What did you talk about? What was the what was what was the what was the discussion? Yeah. So essentially, um, my my reservations as I would have gotten started in the process would be how on earth am I going to really have my voice in this course uh, such that it is definitely worthy of the title language hacking and that encourages mistakes, gets people speaking from day one, without like watering down what teachers have or bring to the table. Because if they didn't do any of their coursework, then the whole point of the partnership in the first place wouldn't have um, been beneficial. And is that what they wanted from the start? Was that what they were looking for from the start? Yes, yes. They really uh, kind of were passionately for that idea of merging the two. Mm. Now, having said that, there, there were points of like disagreement, like how would we do this thing? And um, some things that I decided, oh, I want to do this, or I want to not explain that rule. And then they would say, oh, but we, we kind of prefer to explain that. So it's, it's interesting. And rather than me saying, hey, it's my book, so what I say goes, it was it was a lot of discussions and like both sides uh, explaining. I really think we should do it this way because of this benefit, and uh, I think that was very good because we did actually meet in the middle, um, and that'll ultimately be the best for the learners because I don't know a lot of stuff about course making. 
there were a lot of things they told me that initially I was like, no way. Um, but after they kind of uh, showed me and demonstrated and they've got a lot of research that backs up how they would have gone um, or how they would have applied this in other other courses that was beneficial. Mm. And then on the other hand, I have a lot of experience in learning languages and helping people learn languages. So I would be like very passionately saying, no, 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 I, I don't want to do it this way. And so that was kind of an interesting part of it, that kind of discussion for how we would move things forward. Yeah. So and just, then, just to, just to, just pick up on a point. So you're talking, I guess you're talking about some quite specific things here. Like, you know, mm. we, we don't want to explain it in this way. We want to explain it in that way. Like, did you, was that like from the beginning, those kind of, dis- that, those kind of questions or was there a process of, t- of thinking about the kind of bigger picture concept and then like moving starting to gradually nail down specifics about the the syllabus and what you were going to cover? Well, we went into the specifics uh, pretty quickly in the process because the whole thing is you need, um, especially in something as structured as this, Mm. you you need those specifics. You need to know what's unit one going to be about, what's unit two going to be about. Whereas when I wrote like Fluent in Three Months, that wasn't really more, that was just like, oh, I'll just sit down and write what I feel is best for this chapter. So we did have to get into those specifics. But in general, I think the um, the concept, I really had to see how I could get it uh, into the core of the book, that it would be about speaking. Because Teach Yourself do have uh, other courses that are very good at g- getting people into conversations. But ultimately, they are still bringing in other aspects. They're still trying to uh, give people... Um, a lot of grammar and a, a, like mm. lists of vocab that would get them a better rounded picture of the language. Whereas I wanted to really move in the direction of getting them speaking. And so one part of the negotiations was um, figuring out how would we really do that? Because if we just said it at the end of the unit, okay, go find somebody and speak with them, then realistically, hanging, yeah, realistically, yeah. that's not going to help anyone. So, um, so did you make we, like mock-ups of it? Did you kind of, was there a process of having like, okay, here's what a chapter would look like and you put together a, like a mock chapter? Did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. And early in the process, we, we did kind of draw up quick versions of that. But once, um, like a, about a year ago when I was on the West coast of uh, the U S when we started writing it, that was kind of creating it from scratch. And what we did was I, uh, worked with with Lauren to the course based on how I think would work best, and then Teach Yourselves team came in and they helped uh, mold it into something that was much more structured and would help people in a logical like do this first, do that second, like uh, questions and answers and assignments and so on. So we we kind of we had the vague process at, at the start um, and we had those ideas of what we did want to include. Um, but we essentially did have to decide, okay, what's unit one going to be? What's unit two going to be? Uh, and that plan of action, that's kind of, that's not what I usually do in these kinds of projects. So it was, a, it was a learning process for me because I'm, I, I don't have a, a very logical mind. I think if, when, when I want to do something, I'm just like, you know, going in with guns a blazing, I'm like, oh, how does this work? Okay, let's just do that. Whereas um, planning things out ahead of time was was good in that that's how courses need to be. 
but it was a, it was a learning process for me. So that mm. that was part of it. But then once we actually started the writing process, we filled that up. So we had the general skeleton, but we filled it up like with the storyline, with the actual dialogues. So we didn't decide ahead of time, you know, this is how everything's going to turn out. But we did have a a good like general vision. Okay. Now you you talked about we and I guess a lot of that it sounds like that initial kind of brainstorming of the course was a lot of you and Lauren kind of sitting knocking things back and forth saying yeah how about this and you know what could we, maybe we could do this in the in the more kind of bigger scheme who are the key kind of stakeholders if you like in the process of creating this course who are the big players who other than you and Lauren of course who are molding and putting together what became the final result yeah so the, I learned a lot about behind the scenes and how courses are created because yeah. this team created a bunch of courses. So what they do is they have a what they call a development editor. So DE is what we always call them. And for each of the four languages, we had somebody who we would be running our ideas by. So they would be kind of checking in. It was tricky because a lot of them are used to working with uh, different kinds of courses. So they tend to be people who might have an academic background. They may be older. So I, I had my work cut out for me to convince them to use Google Docs because I was like, I really do not want to be like emailing a file and then emailing another file. I want us to all be working on the one thing. So that, that was interesting. I, I, that was one of the parts of the struggle for me is I need to be using a lot of technology. I need to be using the um, things that I can collaborate with easier. The same with um, when we got to Adobe, I wanted to kind of be able to track the changes. And some of them weren't used to doing it that way. Um, but uh, like the development editor was the main person that we would work with in the process. So this is someone who has helped make other courses before. Like a project manager? Um, Kind of like a project manager, but like the may, our main contact um, at the publisher, she was more in charge of managing the project. This is more of somebody who would bounce ideas off or who would go through and see what we had in mind for how this unit was going to develop. And rather than like correct the stuff, because it wasn't about like fixing the language errors, they would say things like, well, we can't teach that yet because the student ha hasn't learned this. Or they'd say... I okay. think it would be better if we said it this way. So, so they, they they're kind they're of very much involved. They're really integrated in the process. Then it's not that they they know their they know their stuff language wise. Yes. So the, it was still a case of, and this is what I didn't know at the start of the process. I thought it would be maybe I would be making half the stuff, and somebody else would be like adding the questions. Mm -hmm. But essentially, we were doing all of the content. Lauren and I were creating the content, and then someone else was coming in to help us craft it in a way that worked for a course. So um, that was the first stage, and we had one development editor for each of the four languages. Then after that, you have your manuscript. So the manuscript is what you ultimately want to kind of um, get printed. And um, like with this whole thing, is, we've learned a lot from the process and how we kind of smooth it out so it goes, uh, we, we don't have to spend as much time on it next time. But essentially, at the manuscript stage, we send it on to proofreaders who proofread the English and the target language. And so because of that, 
um, I found that what I had to do is I had to actually separate to the publisher work with native speakers before that stage because normally they would have the proofreading after you submit the manuscript. So that that was kind of a, a very uh, like you you nobody really knew at what stage was the best stage to bring in the native speaker, and so in their typical courses, what they would do is the main course leader would decide all that. Whereas I, I prefer to like, you know, come up with something naturally. And eventually what I did was I, on my side, worked with native speakers. Sure. So like so, looking through, looking through a typical chapter then, um, you know, so everything we're looking at, you've, you've put together, you put this together yourself from the dialogues to the exercises, to the, to the, 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 the tables of, of verbs and things like that. It's all, I mean, that's a, that's a huge amount of work. Yes. So I, uh, I don't know why I didn't think it would be as much work as it was. I think I just like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I wrote fluent in three months, in three months, you know? So <laughs> was that, I, in, was I that intentional? Was it, it like was intentional. Poetic, Actually, <laughs> I literally had it in the contract that I had a three month deadline and that kind of forced me to just produce it. And so I figured, oh, yeah, and like that wasn't too hard. So I could come up with something, in th- especially because I'm working with people. So I'm working with other people. It's going to be easier. And mm. what I didn't realize is that it was more I needed to work with other people precisely because it was much more complex. So uh, it ended up being way more work than uh, we were ever imagining it would be because we wanted it to have a certain level of quality and we needed it to go through several stages. Like I needed to make sure that a native was going through not just like once, but every time we made changes. So that was an extra person and an extra set of eyes in the process. And we needed to make sure that the formatting for things, like sometimes we might've had like the text go all over the place and the page turned out really ugly. So we had to go back and redo it because there are only a certain amount of pages that you can print. And that's yeah. the thing when you're thinking of ebooks, who cares how many pages it is? But with a physical book, um, if you go above a certain amount of pages, the price goes up. Yeah. So if we weren't careful in editing things down the right way, it could have been an extra like five dollars more expensive. And like that's obviously something I didn't want to happen. So yeah, uh, you, you know, one of my one of my favorite features of the book, the thing, one of the things I noticed most at the, when I first started looking through them, was the fact that you've 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 kind of got the the teaching if you like the content and then at the side you've got notes from you like these handwritten yeah notes saying hey I, you know this is what we're learning here but remember this this is the stuff that really matters and I've, when one great example which i just like to to read out here, yeah this is so important which is we're talking it, it's we're looking in the spanish book so i don't know if these examples are throughout all of the books or not but we've got a point where you know you're teaching you're teaching some, you're teaching people about communicating. You've got a little note here in the margin that mm-hmm. says, being able to think up simpler ways to convey an idea is a key skill for reaching fluency. As a beginner, producing simple, even non-grammatical Spanish will allow you to contribute to more conversations, which will actually boost your progress. And you give the example of, you know, instead of this, instead of, um, saying, puedes decirme donde está el banco, you used to give the example of banco, donde. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is which is such fantastic advice because you know how many people out there don't get to feel comfortable or confident enough to communicate because they 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 think that they have to have the whole grammatical structure of the sentence perfect right so 
That's a really great feature, but how did you manage to balance the actually putting the content together with mm-hmm. keeping in mind, actually, this is the stuff that matters and this is the stuff I really want to get across? Yeah, and that, that was a very tricky balance because initially my very, very, very first drafts of what I tried to put in for these language hacking courses was all of that stuff in the margin. It was all, oh, don't worry about it. You can make mistakes. But the problem is when I did that, it was essentially just an updated version of my first book, Fluent right. in Three Months, because yeah. it was all of these like strategies and it wasn't a course. So what we found, and like you said, the like even visually, it works very well, is that the main part of the book is a course. It is teaching you how to um, yourself progress in the language. Whereas the side and in the handwriting to make it feel like I'm actually literally it's my voice saying this is the kind of hang language hacking tips and the my little opinions because we it, it's not a course if it's filled with opinions. Whereas I have that permission, I have that kind of freedom to just come in on the side and say, yeah, this rule right here, don't worry about that too much. It's fine if you forget it. And, th- and that's great because it gives us the best of both worlds. I get to actually teach them something that they do kind of need to know. But then I, g- I get to on the side say, it's fine if you only know the first line of this and the rest you can come back to later. Because that extra voice, if you don't have that, most courses feel like you need to know everything inside and out yeah. or you're a failure. Yeah. So that that um, it's funny because we, we got that idea from, have you ever heard of uh, Alton Brown? He does like a cooking Um, he's like a TV personality. One of his books, he had done that. He had like explained the best tools for, for, um, or the best, uh, uh, stuff to get for cooking, cooking utensils. And then on the side, he would write, when I use this, I like to sprinkle a little oil on it just before I cook. (laughs) And we were, we kind of thought that is a really good technique. So we got that little inspiration from uh, somebody else. And I kind of, in a lot of the course, I took inspiration from people from completely different backgrounds and niches. And I tried to pull in the best that I've seen in other learning materials, not just language learning, but learning in general. And I, I feel like we've managed to squeeze all that in um, in a way that works. Yeah, absolutely. Difficult question, this one. But what was the what would you say in the whole project was the biggest kind of dilemma or decision that you had to make maybe there was something that you, know, you really wanted to go in the book but it couldn't or like what well, you know what's the what was the kind of biggest hurdle you had to get over mm, it's tricky there was, there was a lot of uh, compromises uh, which were like ultimately for the benefit of the learner um i would say the amount of of text that I had wanted to put in had to get reduced because otherwise we, we, we those kind of encouraging things I, I wanted to like have these long explanations but then it's not a course if you have to read like a two-page long explanation and that was hard for me because I I'm really I really want to like when someone's a beginner and they're struggling I want to like explain in depth look it's really not that bad it's okay if you make mistakes but it was um I'm not I'm generally not someone who can like say all of that in like a powerful like single sentence yeah so I did have to cut a lot of that stuff out 
And I figured that ultimately one of the things about the book that we were able to do is add a lot that comes uh, like re really to push it into the 21st century. Add a lot of stuff that gets added through uh, online communities and through italki and videos and like I think we're coming out with an augmented reality app that we can even use with the with the book. So all of this cool extra stuff. And so what I realized was rather than trying to make the book have everything it can possibly have, the book should be what it's supposed to be very well. And that's a course with some encouragement included. And then everything else, I'm going to be putting it in the related materials, you know. And that was that was tough for me because I I really wanted to write like pages and pages of encouragement. But then it just it would not have been the kind of uh, easy to process course that you can mm. sit down, do a couple of units, genuinely learn something, have a little encouragement on the side. So that that was kind of my di dilemma. And in the end, yeah. I went with the other side. I'm glad I did. Yeah, it's like the old uh, quote. I'm not sure who it's from. Maybe it's a Mark Twain quote. I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long one instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly that, right? <laughs> yeah. So that that brings us on nicely to like, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who are maybe language teachers or, or bloggers or, or something like that. And they are interested in creating their own courses, uh, materials to help people learn. So I'm really, I'd really like to ask you based on like everything, this whole process you've been through now. Um, cause am I right in thinking this is the first time you've actually created a, like an entire course in a specific language? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I, I've made, I had like why, um, German is easy, why French is easy, but those are more like quick encouragement guides. They're not, they're, they would be courses. This is definitely the first time I did anything like this. So then if you were to go, let's say you were to go back now and you were going to create your own course, maybe it's a, I don't know, either in an, in an ebook or a, or a digital course or something like that. What advice, what would be the one or two things you would say to people in terms of producing a, a really great quality instructional course yeah so if i was starting over again as me like not not as somebody as someone in general but as me personally i would definitely find somebody with an academic background like a linguist or somebody who has experience making courses and i would collaborate with them because i think for something like this uh, a person like me is not organized enough to be able to make a course that somebody can can follow like you know unit one unit two here's some questions uh that's not a strength that i have but i do have the um the like blog that i can share it on i do have encouraging ideas and so on so i would find people i can collaborate with i would find an academic i would find a native speaker who can help me craft the conversations if that's the way the course is going to work. Um, I would find a good designer who can help me. So you would try to make that collaborative because I think when it comes to making um, like something like um, my other books or whatever about how to learn language in general, that's something that you can do as an individual, but uh, a course has to be a team effort. 
uh, there's lots of things like you you absolutely ironically in your team you need somebody who has no experience at all learning that language <laughs> or languages in general to be your guinea pig yeah and that's another thing that so they Lauren can turn around and say I to you benny that doesn't make sense what are you talking about in that bit exactly mm. and i didn't realize it that initially when i tried to explain certain things and to me it was like oh yeah this is fine they'll understand that then lauren would come back to me and say i have no idea what this means and we you need that so like that's the kind of thing that a good course has. It has very different perspectives and everybody coming together to make it work so that it's the kind of thing that as many people as possible can go through and get the, the right uh, information out of. Fantastic. Yeah, really, really great advice. I guess what I'm taking from that is you know, know what you're good at and yes. get other people to do, <laughs> to do the rest of it. Right? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> okay, so we're coming to the end now. I'm sure people are wondering where they can get hold of these books. There is a special pre-order period on right now i gather so why don't you um tell us about that and you know what is what's going on and what people can can do they'd like to pick up a copy of one of these one mm -hmm. of these guides yeah so up until pub date so that's going to be early like a week into september in the uk and then the last week of september in the us um we have the pre-orders open and it's something I'm actually really passionate about because th this is just the four languages, Spanish, French, German, and Italian that we're starting with, four big languages. But I see a big future for this course. I really want to get into um, neglected languages. I want to get these courses translated. So maybe like Syrian immigrants might be able to use the language hacking German. So uh, this is like the big picture for me. So to get to that, I kind of need to show bookshops that this has potential for actually selling copies that people will pick them up so people so the publisher will invest in those so to get there we need to try to have a big push with our pre-orders to sell as many as we can and to motivate people to do that i'm giving them a lot of free digital bonus uh, content for various different language stuff from the best stuff i could find online and essentially for instance if they get four books and then send their receipt to me, they will get uh, 700, approximately $700 worth of digital stuff. So that is kind of for investing, you know, 15 or $20 or about uh, 14, 15 pounds per book. We actually get like way more than that. And then we push it up. There's even more for people who get 10 books and like um, up to 50 and we're even, I even managed to get this, um, this resort, this yoga resort to give me, I think, $2,000 or $2,500 worth of this voucher that you get to spend a week at this resort in Costa Rica. So, like, this crazy thing. And then all of that is depending on, like, how many books you would buy. So it's to motivate people to get those books. But then those pre-order numbers will ultimately show the publisher this is something people really want. And then I get to do so many other languages after that. Yeah, that's really fantastic. And I've had a look at the, the all the bonuses that are getting thrown in as well. And it's quite it's quite sensational. People really should go and have a look at <laughs> what's on offer <laughs> so they can see um, what what's being put together here. Because it's it's really fantastic. I think that's really important, you know, because you know, for us in the in the language I guess the polyglot community, um, you know, to to have the opportunity to do what you're doing now, which is to bring um, you know the opportunity to bring endangered or less common languages into the mainstream in the way that you're doing is really fantastic so what people can do is to support 
you with that um, by picking up... I mean, the thing is that there are four languages available right now, but it does actually... Yeah. I can think of a whole bunch of reasons why you might want to pick up uh, more than one copy of the book. Because, I mean, for a start, if you like one of the, the guides, it's more than likely that you're going to want to use it again to learn another language uh, when you come to do that. What other reasons might there be for people to to pick up multiple copies of the book? I think one of the best reasons is that you're more likely to have success in your language project if you do it as a team. So rather than feeling like you're completely alone, if you were to have like 10 copies of language hacking Spanish, you could give that to your friends, you could give it to your family, and you could all decide, we're going to learn this together. We're going to go through, you know, maybe once a week, we're going to meet up and we're going to try and dive into this. Or maybe you're a teacher and you're teaching one of these languages and you could give it to all of your students. So there's a lot, a lot of like potential ways that you could benefit from having those books. But of course, to make that worth uh, people's while, we'll give them all these extra things that go way beyond the amount that they've actually spent to, um, yeah. as the extra bonus. No, that's, that's really fantastic. I can see how much, just how much kind of thought and attention you've, you've put into that, you know, so, you know, thank you for doing that. And it's, um, it's really fantastic. So people, if they are interested, and I highly recommend you just simply go and have a look at the different packages and what's on offer because it's, it's really sensational. You can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash Benny to see that stuff. That's IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash Benny. I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. I guess we should say that the pre-order period doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of you listening in the in the future, I guess the books will still be available. Yeah, definitely. We they, hope so. <laughs> they will be available for a very long time. Yeah. So the uh, I guess the the bonuses that we're talking about then will probably have expired by then, but you can still go and check out the books. Maybe even there will be I don't know language hacking Swahili or something available by that. You never point. know. Who yeah. knows? And like when people get the books, they get a lot of other stuff with it. Like even after the pre-order period, they're going to get all the online, um, all the audio is going to be available online as MP3s. There's going to be community that they can join. There's a special side of italki that we're splitting off where the teachers have been approved to follow the language hacking philosophy. So the you know the teacher you're getting is more likely to help you if you want to learn with this approach. So all of that stuff is going to be included for people who order it regardless of when they get the book. Yeah, that's really fantastic. So once again, I will teach you a language.com forward slash Benny to check that out. Benny, what can I say? It's so cool, man. Really so impressed um, with everything you put together. Been fantastic watching, watching, you know, from when I first heard about the news back in, uh, in Berlin, I think it was in, in May through to seeing this come together. Super impressed. You know, thank you for everything that you're doing for the, for the, for, well, for the polyglot community, for language learners in general. It's, uh, it's really fantastic. And, um, Thanks also for lifting the lid a little bit on the process. It's been fascinating to to hear about everything that's gone into these books. And I can only imagine how much you're looking forward to a holiday. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I'll be seeing you soon. I'm going to be in London and uh, you and I will uh, record another thing together for, for YouTube. Yeah, well, so watch out for some more videos. Mm-hmm. Cool, Benny. All right. Well, listen, best of luck with everything and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Cheers. And see you later, everybody.